it is, mi gente. It's your girl, Nina Montañez. Hey, yo, what it do? It's your boy, Rue, and I'm coming for you. <laughs> Welcome back for your second serving. You can catch this every Thursday, bringing y'all your favorite Caldero Talk. Caldero Talk is the part of the show where we introduce you to any guest, if we have, bring up our deep topic, and everyone chimes in to dissect and discuss, followed by Reposal. Reposar is how we will close out the episode, leaving you y'all with some positive affirmations, shoutouts, and any announcements that need to be made. With that being said, mi gente, let's head into our first section. Caldero Talk. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to Sofrito Speaks. This is episode number 19, season two, our Caldero Talk. And Nina, you there with me? I'm here. I was just waiting for you to finish, bro. <laughs> um, we have a very deep topic, obviously, to talk about today. And we have a very special guest. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, special guest? Yeah, my name is Joshua Alba. He, him, his are my pronouns. I yeah. am... Yes, I am Come a long the pronouns. all day, all day. He, him, <laughs> el, gotta add that Spanish one in there too. There you go. Okay. Um, but uh, I'm a Lawrence School Committee member. Um, just got elected last year. I'm the Raiz organizer for Planned Parenthood. And I'm helping to, uh, I'm helping the organizing stuff for Black Lives in Lawrence. So yeah, here it is. There it is. Yes, yes. Fair and enough. and. That is a dope ass role to have in the city. I do see that you, I do see that you're in the school committee and you're on the school committee board, right? Yes. So the reason, yeah. So the reason why I reached out to you was because I did see that you posted a lot about the defund the police on your page. Um, and I kind of wanted to go through those things with you and what that looks like for our city specifically, you know, cause a lot of talk right now is about defunding the police, you know, in these major cities, but what does that look like for Lawrence? And I think a lot of people are confused when they hear the term angry defund well. the police. Like, you know, I think confused, a lot of people, angry. Yep. A lot of people right now are from what I'm seeing on social media is like people arguing, um, that this shouldn't even happen in the city. And I'm like, and it's like difficult to kind of even want to jump into those conversations with certain people. Cause it's like, I feel like you're only saying that because you are fucking a cop or like you have someone <laughs> in your household that you feel so inclined to say what you got to say, but it's like, but are you actually, are you actually looking up the facts or are you going based off of they had a shitty day and they're telling you their side? You know, it's, it's okay to disagree with someone inside your house, mi gente. Like, I just want you guys to know that. Like, you don't have to agree with people. You can say, I understand where you're coming from, but here are my views. Like, you don't have to just absorb the other person's views because y'all share the same bed. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying that. Or they feel like they're in, in fear of the police and they want to lick some boots. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Or they want to, like, have some kind of political favor. Uh, because they have some kind of political agenda for themselves, and uh, and that's what happens. Right. Yep. So um, I want to start off with this. I can, I guess, you can say this slide or graph that was posted on Instagram, where it's talking about the proposed um, fiscal year budget for 2021, where the mayor, 
is allocating 15 million to the police department. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. let's kind of like walk us through like you probably know more about all of this, all of that than we do. So walk us through that. How does how does that happen? How did we get to how did he get to give give allocate that much money towards them? Yeah, so I, I guess for the record, I uh, I will say first off that like all this stuff is is pretty new to me in terms of um, really getting into the nitty gritty of like Lawrence politics process mm. and how and just like the tradition or or the the new the new kind of adventure of Latinaweki's people figuring out how to navigate political waters in, in a white supremacist state and culture, right? Uh, country. Yes. And so, you know, this comes with the caveat that like our people, myself included, weren't taught to look at budgets and how they work and how to make changes and how, you know, city government works. Exactly. And so, yep. Yeah, that's that that bullshit right there. But um, I will say that we got the information for those graphs that we put out from the mayor's proposed budget for fiscal year 21. Um. And so what we were seeing was that, to your point, that there was a, a budget put from, you know, our, our, so the city budget comes from our tax dollars, right? From our yep. from property taxes and, and sales taxes and all that stuff. Um, and, you know, they, they, put a, they made a 6.77% increase from the police budget from last year. So the, the police yet last year were getting around 14 million and they wanted to add 980,000 something dollars to the police budget. And we were just wow. like, hey, like in the middle of like police brutality and, and police rampant police brutality and police murder across the country. And knowing that um, that the police in our community, although albeit they look like us and, 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 and talk like us uh, now more than we had in the past doesn't mean that somehow we're safe from police misconduct and brutality and like people don't necessarily feel safe with black and brown police officers or latina police officers yep. walking around mm-hmm. either that's not yep. the, the uniform is the problem and, and the license that that uniform gives you is the problem right um and so again that is to say this is not a, an individual critique on police officers this it's, is all together Right. It's as a system, the police are racist because they support a racist system and they bring all, all our people to jail for crimes that have been committed because of a lack of meeting our need, because a society has left us to the trash bin. Right. Like we're disposable. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So the police come in to clean up. And so we, you know, with this understanding, we mounted an effort recognizing, especially that. Uh, sun, that Sunday after the Sunday, the fifth, sixth, seventh, I think the seventh, June seventh, um, after the, the the protest, the the ones that happened on the common, a group of people went to the police station and were protesting there. And I was watching mm-hmm. on video, and then I saw one, a, a couple homies got arrested. One dude got um, like Superman tackled by. what I think is the National Guard, because the dude was dressed like he was ready for Afghanistan, for God's sakes. 
because um, we're dangerous black and brown people with with machine guns ready to kill. <laughs> On everybody. top of that, the city the city looked like it was ready to get bombed. Right, so. but with that with that clip that you're referring to, um, even reading the comments, it was like, well, he deserved it. He threw a water bottle, and I'm like, notice how when the police rushed in after he was tackled, they didn't even look at the water bottle. They clearly weren't concerned about the fucking water bottle, like. Like, that was they not were a just thing. Waiting for the action. They were wait. Yeah, they were waiting for some a reason to move in. Like the water bottle was not the right. problem. People were like, oh, he threw a water bottle. He went over the like the the barricade. He deserved it. And it's like nobody like the way that he got tackled and into a pole. Nobody deserves that. I don't care what the fuck you threw at the police. You don't deserve that shit. Yeah, that that whole like thinking behind what happened to him, he deserved it. Is that like settler colonialist bullshit that? People need to respect authority at all costs and anything that they do, they, that they're allowed to do it. Um, mm-hmm. and, 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 and like, that's why we're just like, you know, there's no reason why the police needed 15, like the National Guard needed to come through with 15 fucking Humvees. Uh, that there was no reason for, for this guy to be more equipped to take a freaking hit from a bomb, from a roadside bomb against the community of black and brown youth uh unarmed you know what i mean with not not even sticks you know what i'm saying like not even fucking protest signs on sticks and that's how they show up and and so it's just like who was there to start a fight not us it was them um and like it's it's been statistically proven uh and we can see it in, in the in the the coverage of the protests around the country that the police have been the ones provoking rioting and looting, uh, right. provoking violence or self-defense on behalf of the protesters. Um, Just so, trying to get a reaction out of people. Exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, like, right, right, right. And like, so like this whole like thing beforehand and during of like the anti-blackness and everybody saying, oh, board up your windows that, you know, there's going to be absolute chaos. Yeah, because the Josh that they sent and, out. Yeah, right, the flyers <laughs> and everything, right? What? <laughs> Not only that, it was, it, it, you know, these are small businesses. So think about the amount of money that, that they had to invest mm-hmm. to get their windows boarded up and stuff like that out of, you know, out of all of that came from a small little protest that was going to happen. You know, we weren't, right. nobody was going to, well, not to my knowledge, nobody was going to go ahead and riot and loot in the city of Lawrence mm-hmm. um, to go ahead and do all of that, even as far as the borderline of Andover you know, businesses were boarding up their windows. Oh, it's in the like, you know, like, Yo, who's going to travel crazy. up here from the common park? No, that's what I'm saying. Yo, the fact that you guys think that we have that endurance, one. Two, what the <laughs> hell makes y'all think we walking all the way to Salem, New Hampshire when we have to do some work out here? Like, in Salem, New Hampshire, where f- we would be fucked because we already know New Hampshire's racist, so we would right. be screwed. Yeah. Why would we do that? Right, it, like, right. So, like, this this whole shit, this whole thing exposed just how anti-Black racist our community and the region is and our leaders yep. have been. And so, right. and we saw this whole thing about them trying to increase the police budget. Our first question was, like, for what? Like, we have how many police? 160 police officers. They, they, there are complaints against multiple police officers, at least, that haven't been addressed because they're protected against lawsuits, right? That's a, that's a legal problem. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if they do get fired, they could get rehired again the next day. Like it doesn't like none of this matters, right? Even if they get arrested yeah. and put in jail, it doesn't matter. We need to change the law. And we need to like dismantle police unions and defund them. And kind of yeah. So 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 we ended up losing that fight of trying to defund uh, yesterday. Yesterday, right? Was it yesterday? The twenty. Was it was the twenty third, right? Yeah, it was a long ass night. Yeah. Um, and. And it was kind of a blow to us to lose that fight. Um, but it, but it, it was interesting to cause that much pressure to have all these younger black and brown folks calling different genders um, and identities going through, hitting up city council about the egregious kind of increase of police budget while, while, this is really important, while community services and social services programs like like for the veterans like for homeless like for mental health and other public health areas and community development and economic development are are uh suffering being defunded. yeah yeah are, are defunded yeah, even, the, are grossly even our own education our own education system is being defunded to to fund you know the police department yeah, I'm 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 not sure about that piece. I know that we we won a lot of money with the Student Opportunity Act that I, I helped to to get done. Um, mm -hmm. So we got like a big boost of money, and most of the money that goes to the Lawrence Public Schools comes from the state. So there's like like seventy percent of our budget goes to education. But I think to your point, I, I'm curious how much of that money. And I'm a school committee member, right? So like, check this out. Um, I want to know how much of our tax dollars and the state money uh, of the Student Opportunity Act that like parents, students, and activists mm -hmm. like us bought in one um, to get t like millions of dollars to come to Lawrence. So like, and then like Lawrence gets uh, other money from the state as part of like a legal thing that passed a long time ago uh, to you know to say that the state needs to produce uh, provide a good education for minority communities. Um, and so we get like 70% like of the city budget and, and state aid goes to our schools. But to your point, Rue, where you're talking about um, money being taken away for the police, I, like, I, oh, excuse me, I wonder if uh, me as a school committee member um, who's not allowed to see the budget because we're under state receivership, which is a whole thing, of like white supremacist capitalist patriarchy disenfranchising black and brown communities and and don't give us control of our own schools i wonder how much of that yeah. money is being used on police being in the schools versus that money being paid for social workers counselors wraparound services homelessness there's, there's a there's so many homeless kids in our in our community there's so many foster kids in our schools mm -hmm. like where are the services for them? Like we have some, but police should not be in our schools criminalizing our kids, like my kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? Our our nephews, our nieces, um, and and like it's 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 just a sad situation, you know. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I want to go ahead and get into uh, my first question here, which is basically just asking everyone here, like. Uh, what does it mean to defund the police? You know, and let's mm -hmm. let's dive a little bit deeper into into that term right there. 
because I feel like, like I said earlier, a lot of people are really confused by that. And when they hear defund the police, that's when we start to see these hashtag blue lives matter and all yeah, this extraness. That's when we see all the dumb that shit. Has nothing, <laughs> that has nothing to do with any of this. Um, so what are you guys, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, Black Lives Matter. Um, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Let's get it. Fucking, First and uh, foremost. <laughs> Yeah, got to do it. Um, but yeah, de- so I've been I've been reading into um, and, and listening to Angela Davis's um, work. She's like the preeminent Amazing. scholar on uh, abolition, like prison abolition, police abolition. She's a you know a famous communist leftist from the civil rights era that was part of the Black Panthers. Who's just a dope fucking person. Um, and so, and, and it's important to say that because one, to uplift, uplift her work, but also two, to say that defunding is an abolitionist strategy and we're, we're pairing together in that statement to say defund the police. We're, in, in saying defund the police, we're understanding that, that capitalism, right, that the money-making mechanism of our economy, of our socioeconomics system is part it goes hand in hand with racism right so you can't have racism without capitalism you can't have capitalism without racism they support one another and so that's to say defund the police recognizes that 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 police serve the wealthy predatory class i like to call them like some people call them the elites or or the or the or the millionaires or whatever I call them the predatory class. They're not fucking elite. They're not superhuman. <laughs> They're predators, right? And so mm-hmm. they prey on us, right? And and every time, like, so in our community, right, where Lawrence is a is a seven square mile city with a hundred thousand plus people packed into here. And back in the days, we used to have all these um, the mills and these industries employing thousands of people throughout the city, right? You better come and through with that history. I, I have to. I was also part of the Bread and Roses uh, Festival, which everybody should go to. Um, every I've been year. to it a couple of times. Yeah, yo, it's the, it's the only leftist, like, socialist festival, workers' festival on the East Coast. Uh, and we have it right here in fucking Lawrence. Really dope. Um, it's in August. Yeah. It's usually in August, right? Uh, Labor Day, Labor Day. It's like September first, September fifth, something like that. Got yeah. it. We're closer. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so like as as communities have been deindustrialized, right? Like like a few years ago, we lost one of our last major mills, uh, Politech, what used to be here, right there on Route Twenty Eight. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And you know, a, a bunch of my friends grandparents fathers have worked there for 30 something years like it's it's wild right and that company left to go to mexico to take advantage of like of sweatshops down there and they own and and a a piece of them stayed in tennessee just so they could keep their their u.s military contracts and so that's capitalism right capitalism's interest the business interests are to maximize profit. And so as all these jobs leave and 
300 plus people are now out of fucking work in Lawrence and Methuen and and the region, mostly black and brown people, right? Um, what are they going to do? What are the, uh, is there money for them to get retrained? Uh, like, what are they going to do to to pay their rent, to feed their families? Exactly, How many of them yeah. went homeless? How many of them ended up like like to to be honest? Like breaking up their marriages, beating their wives and shit like that because of the stress, beating their kids. How many of them committed crime to to pay their rent or their mortgages, right? Like wow, that's disaster. Yeah. That's capitalism at play here. And so when that happens, right, the police come in to arrest people that are just trying to survive. And when people get in, have had enough, like we've been having had enough more and more in this country, demonstrated by all the uprisings and the, and the rebellions across the country, um, people protest against the mechanism that keeps us poor like that, that keeps us disenfranchised. And the police, right, this is why the police are called pigs, right, is because they're, they're licking the boot uh, and, and wallowing in their own shit of mm. the predatory class <laughs> that is not even working in their interest. And it's just like you become you become a traitor to your people when you become a police officer. And and if if you want to do good in your community, mad love to all the people that got into the profession to want to do good. Be a be a mental health counselor, be a substance abuse counselor, do something, because at the end of the day, like the amount of people that I see that are trying to argue, you know, not defunding the police because, you know, they already. Here's my thing. This is the thing. I've seen a lot of comments of people like, oh, our our policemen don't even get adequately paid anyways. And I'm like, you know what? If you do not have a lot, and let's be real, a lot of people got into the police force after high school, just with a high school diploma, because it's, that is, that is the reality. You, you can do that, you know? So when when people are saying, oh, they should be paid more, um, no, the fuck they shouldn't. If, if I have a college degree and you have a high school diploma, Yo ass sounds like you should be making $33,000 a year and I should be making more point blank and period. If society is telling me and telling the world that we need to have in order to get our foot in the door now, an associate's degree ain't shit in order to get our foot in the door for any profession right now in 2020 that you have to have a bachelor's degree that right now has also, it has had its value depreciated because now people are looking to um, master's. So you're telling me that your ass got your GED or a high school diploma and you should be making more than me? Absolutely not. I'm sorry. That that might not be the profession for you. Don't do it. So don't sit there and and, and try to ha- like say that you're any better because you put your life on the line. You knew what you were signing up for. This you was your went job into it. <laughs> they didn't lie to you in, in, in your little six-week training. Like, they didn't lie to you. They told you what was going to happen. They quote unquote, I'm going to, I'm going to use the term trained them lightly. Um, and then now you're complaining about what you do every single day. At any point you can walk away. You know what I'm saying? Like, and people also forget that like what the, like what the basis of policing was created on. You cannot restructure a system that was rotting from the in that's been rotting for the inside, from the inside out. You better speak on it. So it's like mm-hmm. if you're gonna if you're gonna join the conversation, 
Understand that first. They were slave catchers. They were to catch runaway slaves. Now in 2020, who are, who's, what is the highest percentage of numbers that are in prison right now? Right. Black and brown people. And these are these are simple simple things you can like look into. You use your research. Stop reading someone else's fucking comment underneath another post and taking that whatever they said and putting it on someone else's post. That wasn't even your own your own stream of consciousness. And it's very evident that what that wasn't even your own thought process. You saw it, said, "Oh, it made sense." Now I'm gonna copy and paste it and say it on someone else's shit that's screaming defund the police. Like what? You sound dumb, yo. And then the. The comparisons that they're trying to make it to, like, oh, if we defund the police, then who are we going to call when someone gets raped? Who are we going to call right. when there's domestic violence? Who are we going to call? First of all, about me, gente. Let's, let's clear this up because I've seen this. I have and seen... and that's, what I, that's, that's what I was trying to get to. Like, let's explain what defund the police means because no, I think so a lot of motherfuckers are confused about yes. this. So I've seen a lot of people use the whole, well, who are you going to call if, and they say, like, the most outlandish so fucking thing. You know what I'm saying? They say the craziest shit. And you're like, yo, what? First of all, if you even knew the actual statistics, like I saw a lot of the a lot of the comparisons people were making um in terms of like who do you call when someone's raped? This was a this was something that I saw a lot of. And I was like, first of all, do you guys know that 90% of people that rape people is someone that you know? It's someone you know. And and to go even deeper into our own culture, um, how many of us are aware that it's somebody the uncle was being that molested and they were protecting them. So what do you mean? Who are are you going to call the police and say, because you defunded them, they're not going to come? Ain't nobody calling the police for that shit anyways. What? Right. Like police are mistrusted. And I think, yeah. I think we're the most police we've seen, are And then mis- we've seen time and time again when rape victims go to trial, the the disgusting and vile things that the judges are saying. So then mm-hmm. there's a mistrust in the whole system in its totality. So please, mi gente, if you're going to jump into this conversation, do not use that as a fucking, like, don't use that as a point to be made because you just sound dumb. And again, that's someone else's rhetoric that you decided to put on someone else's fucking comment without even knowing the stats of your motherfucking self. Shut up. Yeah, and, and if I could add to that, I mean, what what further adds to the mistrust is that you know the the st- like you could you could read up on this. I, I wish I had some of the uh, like the research, but it's Googleable um, or, or searchable. Um, but like police, when when people that get raped call the police and they get like a rape kit uh, where they like you know swap for the DNA and all that shit all over the place or whatever, right? That mm-hmm. uh, the majority of those rape kits just stay on shelves without any investigation, without any kind of usage. And so, yeah, like rape cases never get solved. There's no, there's no interest. There's no like nothing no about it. Like, it. Right. Yeah. Or, or they get so, falsified. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, Central Park Five. Hi, hello. <laughs> they had right, the evidence. Right. They never used none the of evidence. their, none of their DNA matched, and yet they still right. did time. Hmm. Right. And then, and then that's that's not to miss out on the point that that one of the top um complaints or or violations by police officers is police officers actually uh sexually violating their spouses uh, or uh, and yeah. and people in you in better their say it you better say it 
I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, be calling the cops when the cops is doing the raping when they in custody. (laughs) I'm saying like, and not only that, but I actually recently just saw um, some research that says that I believe in about 35 states in mass, like not Massachusetts, in in the in America, like that's not even a crime. Like. People mm. look the other way. And I'm like, yo, what? That's patriarchy like, that is, and a half right there. Yeah. And it's just like, so when we talk about defunding the police, I think, Josh, if you can explain the difference between abolishing the police and defunding. Yeah. So again, yeah. I, I mean, defunding the police is an abolitionist strategy. And that's to say um, defunding the police is a way to get to getting rid of the police right so like Mm -hmm. uh again defunding the police uh, in other words equals fund the people defund police equals fund the people fund social programs fund the things that actually prevent most crime and so by defunding and and reallocating resources and bringing them into veteran services and, and 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 mental health services and homelessness or houseless people services, uh, youth programs, jobs, right? Jobs is a major factor in all this. We need fucking jobs. Um, um, That we're we're gonna render police obsolete because our needs are gonna be met. And this doesn't obviously happen overnight, right? Mm -hmm. Like this, like city council wasn't just gonna vote yesterday and all of a sudden all the police money is gone magically. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a process. This and I think a, it gives yeah. us, yeah, and it gives us an opportunity to really start to think critically about the causes of crime and what are our needs in our community and by listening to our community when they actually talk um, and, and, make, and try to make their voices heard before, you know what I'm saying? Like before things get out of control because they're not listening. And I'm like, this is, this is a word of caution to my city council colleagues and the mayor and, and, and everybody in, in power. That like if you don't listen to people, it's just a, a historical fact that people will uprise and rebel and oust you in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Physically, uh, by voting. Starting to see that, right? Or we're gonna show up in your house, like in Boston. Yeah. They're, they're at they're at Mayor Marty Walsh's house yesterday. Like everybody yeah, just the, pulled uh, up this morning. <laughs> this morning they were at the at the New York mayor's house because of the fireworks. And Papa, just yeah. tired of it. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Let's go, Let's go over there. You. Let's handle this. <laughs> I got gas money. We out. Yeah. So, so basically, right, yeah. So, so defund equals fund the people is a way to get to abolishment. And, and, it, and it begins to have people think more critically about how we address problems in our community, right? So like I wrote a letter to like this is this is like a saying and I don't know where the hell it came from, but like if you if your only tool to address problems is a hammer, then every problem looks like a fucking nail. And so okay. you better okay. Like police officers are not mental health counselors counselors. They're not substance abuse. They're not domestic violence supporters. They're not youth workers. They they have guns and tasers and they they practice mostly how to use them and like this is not an ad, this is not advocating for more training 
um, there's a difference between advocating for defunding and advocating for training. One, training is a reform um, that has been proven not to work, although it's a good idea not to have a, to pass a law that says that the police can't fucking choke hold somebody. You know what I mean? Like, right, um, that wasn't, that was like, was that in your training? I'm not understanding why that was. Well, so, so that's the thing, right? When, when Eric Garner got murdered by choke, by choking him out, right? For, for fucking selling loose cigarettes, whatever the hell kind of law that is, that's racist as fuck, right? Um, mm-hmm. he, that, that law was in place. That, there was a ban on chokeholds in place. There's no, the, the, like, what I'm saying here is that no amount of reforms or community oversight, I know there's people working with the, uh, with the chief of police right now to try to get a youth oversight thing happening. And it's just like all of these methods, all these reforms, these incremental changes or, or strategies don't work because the system is rotten. The institution is racist and the whole thing needs to be abolished. And the way to change it is to remove their funding because nobody wants to talk about the funding and, and all the politicians and all these people that refuse to talk about funding and instead say, oh, we're going to do all this. We're going to, we're fucking nice. We got an ice cream truck now. Don't worry. No te pude. Like everything's fine. It's just like, no, 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 no. You're staying away from talking about the money. And, and, and I feel like that's a, that's a very big thing that happens in, in, you know, in this community in Lawrence is that people get sidetracked by the small things that they're doing and they're forgetting you know, forgetting the real issue that's at hand. And, you know, this is why this conversation is so important and it needs to be heard because people, like I said, people are are confused with what defund the police means and they're not understanding that if you're not involved in the change in your community, we're never going to see change. If we just lay there and just take it the way that we... Yeah, to take it the way that we've been getting it. And, you know, a lot of our elders and the generations before us, you know, I had this talk with my mother, like the generations before us were very much just like, well, that's just the way things are. Like, there's nothing we can do about it. And it's like, no, that's the whole point of this country, is it not? Are we not given the right to protest? Are we not given the right to make change in our communities? Not just sit back and be like, well, this is it. So That's sorry. The way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> but I think it's um I think it's interesting that you brought up the, the ice cream truck. Um how do you feel oh. about the <laughs> how do you feel about that that propaganda? Like what are your thoughts on that? How do you feel about watching cops go play basketball in the neighborhood with the kids? In my in my mind, I'm like y'all are being paid to what? Meanwhile, hey, someone's getting ice cream or save something lives. bad is happening across town, and you're sitting here playing <laughs> basketball with the kids on the clock. I'm sorry. Uh, I'd, I'd rather you be doing your fucking and this just, job. This <laughs> just serves to the whole defund the police because it's like you're there doing these. Yeah, you're making it look good. You're making it look like, you know, we're police. We're with the neighborhood. But you're wasting my money. What are you doing right now? What are you doing right now? Because as we speak, taxes are going up to pay your ass. So what are we doing? <laughs> Yeah, right. No, exa- I think I think the 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 beautiful the most beautiful word that you're using Nina is propaganda. It's and what is propaganda? It's it's meant it's it's public relations uh marketing to make something feel good or feel right to accept to to mm-hmm. to sway the community to accept the way things are going, all right? So like they brush 
all the police brutality or that video of that that other guy getting arrested and, and mistakenly arrested um, or, or the guy getting slammed with his head first into the freaking pole. Or Brianna Taylor who shot while she was asleep. Brianna Taylor was shot while she was right. asleep. <laughs> right, but, he, but here's a chocolate ice cream bar. You know, like everything's fine. Um, right. Yeah, I mean, this, this whole idea of, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing some reading on it myself, mm-hmm. um, specifically on community policing. This, it has like a larger title of how it was first presented in the 90s, I believe. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Biden was one of the folks that was behind this. And I think along with Bill Clinton at the time, um, yep. but it was, uh, mind you, both of them are the two like architects, one of the, t- like two of, of the many architects that were behind mass incarceration and like the explosion, yep. right. Of, of black and brown people getting arrested and poor people in general. And, um, the, and their little three strike, uh, three strike raw law. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so if that's any indicator of what kind of what kind of strategy community policing is like that's that's one hell of a fucking indicator you know what i mean and it's like it's it's really i'm still doing a lot of homework on it but uh, i will say that from what i know and understand right now from talking with legal folks in the past doing know your rights trainings and dealing with the police on my own and just kind of being my own like socialist leftist that i am um police are allowed to lie right police mm. we know that <laughs> do intelligence work they infiltrate protests they cause fights um they do whatever it is that they can because their job is to arrest people and generate revenue for the prison system for the courts and mm, so okay. whatever information they could get to accomplish that task of squashing the damn there's a phrase there that i want to use but that escapes me shit it's a good one damn i'm gonna regret not saying i'm gonna email you back and be like yo i found out the phrase put that in there um to basically like squash dissent you know they'll do because that means that they've doing great uh great work on the beat and they found out about fulanito who's like selling whatever over here because little tamara sold them an ice cream and told them how their mom's beating them or whatever because she's frustrated she lost her job and then her cousin's the one selling drugs and so now this guy's going to become a detective because he does that shit good and like that's their fucking job man they're not they're not they're not they're they're, they're not in the business of selling ice cream they're they're there to so they could stop crime, right? To find out crime, what, where that shit is happening against unjust laws that criminalize our community and, 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 and leverage that use of force against our people. And if, and if anybody it's that's... A, it's, uh, it's like a wolf in sheep's, in sheep's clothing. Yep. If anybody that's listening wants to learn a little bit more about that, there's a really good documentary released from, uh, in 2016 on Netflix by Ava DuVernay. Ooh, it's called 13th. Mm-hmm. And it talks all about that. It talks all the about pe- how the police are literally what you just said, like their job is to arrest people to make sure that people are going into these jails and how, you know, Joe Biden and Bill Clinton passed that three strike law just to make sure that the jails were full, you know, the it's like, crime bill. yes. Yeah. 
you can get arrested like it, it just it didn't make sense and it still doesn't make sense you can get arrested you know two times and let go for posting bail whatever twenty dollars whatever and then the third time you know you you forgot to put a blinker and all of a sudden you're in jail for life right you know what i'm saying so it, it just things that people like i said the generation before us was just like well that's just the way things are you know we but can't it shouldn't be that's the make, problem we shouldn't be exactly exactly so it's it's a war on the poor the, this guy that i really love this pulitzer prize winning journalist uh and author uh chris hedges uh who's a down ass white guy um he he talks about the war on the poor he's a white guy or he's a white guy or he's a guy who happens to be white there's a difference he is a human being that happens to be white for sure okay. there we go there we, there we go, go. Yeah. yeah yeah he talks about the war on the poor taking place like not only do we have like exploitative capitalism where the corporations do whatever the hell they want they don't give us benefits they don't give us they give us shit wages we don't have health care in this country as a, as a as a human right we don't you know minimum wages have to be fucking fought for um uh but also that like the fines that in order to make up for budget losses as like I was talking about earlier, as the mills left Lawrence, uh, matter of fact, I, I have to actually see this. I've seen this about, uh, like, in, like this guy t- talks about Camden, New Jersey, and other communities like Ferguson and stuff like that, where mm-hmm. these deindustrialized centers like Lawrence, again, lose those jobs, the police come in, and also the these laws come into play where, oh, you can't, you know, have fireworks or you can't be selling loose cigarettes or you can't have a fucking bicycle without a bell or and all these like bullshit little laws that are that that uh, comprise this this thing that he calls the war on the poor. Um, and like, I think on that note, like I want to make sure that everybody understands that that we live in a country where there's a class system in place. Like we think about like India or like some third world country or, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like that, like we have that here too. We have a vanishing middle class, right? Like Andover and stuff. Um, We have super wealthy people like uh, Jeff Bezos, Amazon and Google and I freaking Apple, whatever the hell they're called, that are making billions with a B, like we don't even understand how much money that is. You know, like <laughs> right. the, they have more money than the country does. One how did case, you get there? <laughs> they get hard work. They get hard work, right? That's Vique, exploitation. Vique. And, and we have everybody else, the 99%, right? I was part of Occupy in 2011. And I think this is critical. Like we have to match everything that we're going through and this frustration and the anxiety and the, 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 the stress and the joblessness and the unemployment and the lack of health care to the fact that our government is beholden to multinational corporations, right? And, and, and corporations trying to be multinational corporations that, like, the unemployment rate is so high, right? So you go to work at Lint Factory, wherever the hell it is in, over here. And they pay you $12 an hour because they have to because that's the minimum wage now. But they'd pay you $5 if they could. But they treat you like oh, yeah, shit. Of and they do all these things. And, and they, don't, they don't have a problem with treating you like shit because you're replaceable. 
because there's 80,000 more people waiting for that job because unemployment is so high. So they have even more incentive to treat you like shit because, because they want you to do what they, they want to make more profit. And, and, and they'll cut your break times. They'll cut your benefit. They'll cut your, your fucking, your lunch time. They'll, they'll like just be on your ass. Like you can't even leave the fucking line to pee like an Amazon, right? Like who the hell was it? The Lawrence and Andover, Matu and North Andover all were like trying to get Amazon to come to the Merrimack Valley to where AT&T and Lucent Technologies used to be. Um, in uh, where the hell is it? Down by like Casablanca and Butcher Boy and all that. I have no idea. Okay, yeah. okay. And and I think I think Amazon is still coming. I'm not sure where that status is. And I'm hearing that the people that made that deal, yeah, they're supposed to be coming to Osgood Landing around Butcher Boy or whatever that's out there, Casablanca and stuff, where the where the old Lucent technology I did used hear to be. About that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, right. And I and I heard that the people that made that deal happen are kicking themselves in the ass. Because while, like, at, right after that deal was made, you know, Alexander Casa Cortez, uh, who I love, um, in New York, um, did a grassroots campaign to kick them out because they recognize how they treat their workers and everything that I just said about, you know, they have to pee in bottles. They're being recorded on how to how to have how to have more efficient movements, and and they're measuring their productivity with like fucking computers. And then they're replacing people with machines that copy the movements that they're doing. And so we have like these machines, like it's called technical unemployment. And like, and, and, this, and these cities are giving these corporations these massive tax breaks that then get pushed on to us and our property taxes and everything else goes up while the richest fucking company on the planet gets to come over here practically for free because they'll create a couple, a couple jobs, VK. You know what I mean? It's just like, what kind of shit is that, man? Yeah, and not only that, but they'll come over here and create jobs. And what people don't understand is that, like, if the minimum wage is low, they're, they're definitely going to just keep us at that low minimum wage. They're not going to offer more. And those are the things that they're not negotiating when these big companies decide to come to small cities like Lawrence, like Andover, and stuff like that. So. Mm-hmm. That's um, um, that's that's wild. <laughs> um, so we kind of already talked about like what defund the police means, the difference between abolish and defund the police. Um, and we kind of already touched on the benefits. So I'm gonna head over to our last question, which for for everyone to chime in on, um, what are other ways to police neighborhoods safely? Um, and what I'm kind of trying to get at is, you know. Let's say, you know, we do cut the budget on the police and, you know, we can't have 160 officers, you know, in the city of Lawrence and they cut it down to about 70 because of, you know, the defunding and and whatever. Um, what are other ways us as a community can can police our own neighborhoods safely? Um, for an example, there used to be neighborhood watch set up, but. Then it crosses the line of like, George am I gonna Zimmerman. have a random? Like, am I gonna have a random Karen? You know, not feeling comfortable because I'm walking down the street with my hoodie on. You right. know, so. Hablando plepla y como un <laughs> he's talking a weird language. <laughs> I don't know what what America. planet he's <laughs> what planet yeah. he's from. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I think 
I think one of the first things we have to begin to do in order to answer that question um, as true to us as possible, as true to our, as true to our community as possible, is get away from the idea of policing, of policing ourselves, right? Um, and like, how do we build community as the alternative language to that? How do we build community and um, fulfill the needs of our most needy people? Um, and so when we think about it that way, we, we really start to shift and, and open up a whole new world of possibilities, right? And so we think like there's some things that I've seen on participatory budgeting that is incredible. Like imagine yeah. if at one point, like in the, in the city, we have um, neighborhood associations. Um, so like Prospect has one, if you don't know, and uh, Tower Hill, Arlington, South, or I don't even know what they're called in South, but each, each kind of like district has their own where, do you, do y'all know about this? No. Yeah. Word. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, so, so like, like neighbors, un vecindario, right? Like neighbors get together and they just talk about what's happening and the, the police chief or somebody will come by to talk about crime in the neighborhood. The fire chief will come by and say, Hey, there was a fire over here. It was caused by this. We're investigating it. If I can change your fire, if I can alarms. And, you know, maybe somebody from the church will come by or an activist will come by or the city councilor or somebody will come by or whoever the hell comes by to talk to the community, to update the community. And it's a way of like, it's, it's a line of communication with what's happening at the, in the city at large and what's happening in your neighborhood. And you can connect with your neighbor and be like, hey, like we want to turn on the lights at night because when the kids come home in the wintertime after school, this shit is scary. You all want to turn on the fucking lights at night? Done. Bing, bang, yeah. boom. You know, shit like that. <laughs> and so one of the things that these, these like associations could do is get money, right? Like imagine if we made some significant cuts to the police department and we gave a couple thousand dollars, which I think we kind of do. Is that right? Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't been involved in a while. Um, <laughs> But um, like imagine, imagine each neighborhood association getting $10,000 or something, I see, right? To do a block party, to do a, you know, every Friday night, we're gonna have a block party and have water slides for the kids and then have a barbecue and everybody's gonna get to know everybody or we're gonna have a basketball tournament every month over here for the, for the young adults and we're gonna play fucking laser tag over here and we're gonna build a clubhouse whatever, right? Or we're going to talk about substance abuse and drugs in our community and what we feel about that and what do we want to do? Like we're going to we're going to pay some youth to do some organizing for what they care about or something. Like whatever, right? It's I think yeah. this is the part where we get to be really creative where the answers come from us. Like this is a democratic effort to bring to uplift our community voices and not leave decisions to one department or one public official. This is like about community upliftment and prosperity and, and safety and, 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 and like building. So like, what do we want to do? And like, and through that process, this is just one example, 
through that process, people will feel more engaged, more valued, more cared for, and will be much less likely, it will be more likely rather to ask one another for help to mm. actually do what they do in all the white TV shows back in the days and be like, yo, Bulana, you have some sugar, bro? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yo, seriously. I'm and like, there's, there's a great lack of that in our, like, we don't really have a community. You know what I mean? Like no. some neighbors here and there do, but we don't really have what it, what it really means to be a community here. And I think yeah. starting to think about things that way um, will will provide solutions for how we keep ourselves safe. Like I, I could tell you right now that there's a great lack of programs for youth 16 to 24. Um, yeah. Like, what do they want to do? Like some some like one organization that I worked with tried to do like DJing classes, and they brought down DJ Lus and all this stuff, and it was fucking dope. Just like who else? What are we? What else can we do? Can we have a whole building to do graffiti on every year? Can we have like twelve basketball tournaments? Can we have like an intellectual debate thing? Can we talk about like hood politics right now? Like like what are where are the young people's voices and their ideas for what they want to do, so that they're not getting involved in like I don't want to say gang activity, but like but like criminal activity. They're getting sucked into the streets. Well, right, but like I, I also want to validate that gangs bring that fraternity or that sense of belonging that we're all looking right. for. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily down on gangs. Like, I mean, when they the were homies, first created, was, if you look at the history of gangs, it was mm-hmm. to basically look out for your own in the community, and then over the years, mm-hmm. it became what with the now it has all that negative that we now know of it as today. You know, so. Right. Has its pros and cons. Yeah, the Bloods and the Crips came out of the Black Panther Party and, and mm-hmm. the civil rights movement. Right. And and then they were like strategically pitted against one another. Um and, and beautifully, right? Like they've there's been right. wars between them and gun violence and murders and all this shit. But beautifully after George Floyd, the Bloods and the Crips came together with some gang with green. I don't know who the hell they are. Um, wasn't that, that was the Dominican gang, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was a Latin, it was it was it was a Latin gang. Coño lo plátano. That's what, that's what that green is for, right? I was just like lo plátano. I don't I don't want to say Latin. I don't want to say Latin kings, but I kind of do. I don't know. But um, so just to kind of like go back, you said it's called no- neighborhood associations group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, each neighborhood in in Lawrence has a neighborhood association. And uh, so how do people get involved with that? Um, there is, so I'm not, I'm not sure if they're still functioning right now because of COVID and self-isolation and all that stuff right now, right? And like a lot of the folks that were involved with mo- were mostly older folks. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like they choose their own president and vice president and treasurer and all that stuff. So I don't think anybody's really made the switch over to Zoom and online kind of get yeah, it get we together gonna, we're gonna definitely need some yeah. some of these yeah, listeners listening to get up into those groups because yeah. <laughs> and, and i mean young... like if yeah and, and i mean right exa- yes yes say, say it say it say it say it we need some young <laughs> some young minds in these groups you know to to freshen up these communities to freshen up these neighborhoods 
Yo, imagínate esa vaina. If, if some young people, some, some like new college graduates come through or some high school graduates or some high school kids just come through and be like, yo, ma, or, or whoever the hell they're living with, like, you know, there's mad trash on the street or, 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 or making the call to action right now. Like, if you want to get involved with your neighborhood group, why don't you go and like talk or call Abuelo, Abuelo and all the people that were involved in that damn thing? Because they have Facebook websites. Um, although a lot of them have been like just abandoned for years because nobody kind of stepped up. Um, what, like what, what if these young people were teaching some of the older folks how to mess with zoom, how to go online, how to send a text message, how to how, like what it's, it's really beautiful in Lawrence right now. And, and I imagine y'all are part of some, but like WhatsApp, yo, Abuela, yeah. <laughs> mommy, all of them know how to use Everybody WhatsApp. Everybody has, know. everybody's abuela has some WhatsApp. <laughs> I and I mean, like, yo, it's easy as that. Yeah. Yeah, yo, create a WhatsApp for your hood. Like, with, with mommy, papi, everybody, and, and just, like, let everybody know what's happening. And then and look at the safety and the trust and the, the messages that go back and forth on there. Like, you'll get a bunch of, like, yo te bendiga fucking memes all day, which is beautiful. Mm. But when ice comes through, that shit goes through too, and everybody knows. You know, when okay. when the police are in the neighborhood, okay. everybody knows. Like I, I promise you that much. You know what I mean? I'm part of one citywide for undocumented folks, and when ice comes through, we're just like, yo, like prepararse. Like like we got to get ready. Where's the churches? Like where's the sanctuary network? Are we are all our allies mobilized? Are we ready to show up at somebody's house and surround the car so they don't take nobody right now? Mm. Like it's it's like. This is how we keep our people safe. Good. I like that. I like that. Um, yeah, Nina, do you have anything else? No, I, we, we covered a lot. Yeah, Josh, you definitely covered a lot. You definitely put us on to a lot. I am appreciative of it. I'm sure our listeners are appreciative of it. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close out this Caldero talk. We're going to head over to the next section, which is A Reposar. All right, everybody. So this is Reposar, the part of the show where we leave you guys with positive affirmations, any announcements that we may have, and any shout outs that we want to give. Anybody want to start off? Um, I would just jump right into it. Um, I think in light of uh, Caldero talk and everything that we spoke about, I wanted to just highlight um, the fact that when Joshua was speaking, he also did let us know that he still himself is doing research to better obtain information. So for my information, I'm just going to say, always seek to learn. Um, I don't think that we're ever done learning. Um, if you If you have a moment to to be able to be a teacher, um, it's okay. And never, just never settle with the information that you're given because via what we're seeing now and through history, we settled with the information we were given and we're now all finding out that the information that we were fed was bullshit. So, you better speak. Be comfortable uh-huh. with, you if you are speak. wrong, be comfortable with looking at, looking into it and doing your research on it because it's the only way um, that we're going to be able to overcome what's going on right now we can't continue to stay to stay stagnant we can't continue to stay in the dark ignorant ignorance is is bliss but it's not it, and that's not even a pass anymore 
So again, just always seek to continue mm -hmm. learning. Always want to advance in your education. What the I heard you, sis? There really isn't. There like, is no excuse with the internet. Really Google is our best friend. Mm -hmm. What about you, Josh? You got something? Yeah, uh, I'll give a shout out to Black, the Black Lawrence Activist Collective. To yes. Hey, shout out to them. Thought. Yeah, to Elevated Thought, to, um, you know, all the people taking risks right now in the community, despite, um, you know, political COVID. backlash and COVID. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wear your damn masks, everybody. Yeah, yeah, to everybody making risks, taking risks against, you know, against the system and getting stressed out about it. Like, keep on going, keep fighting the, you know, what is it? Uh, I'm reading Octavia Butler, and it's really beautiful to, to hear, to listen to, to read, rather, visionary fiction that says that there are QTPOCs in the future, yo. And, yes. um, like, we, like... The future is ours, you know what I mean? The future is all of ours. It's not just white people. Um, like we have a say in this on this planet and just like keep on keep on fighting, you know, like hasta la victoria siempre, you know. Exactly. Alrighty, I guess I'll go with mine. I go found ahead. this really dope, this really, really dope and deep uh quote that I found on Instagram. Um, and it goes What's your favorite Disney ride? Because mine's is Arrest the Cops Who Killed Breonna Taylor. And <laughs> yes. yes, I'm going to go ahead and just leave it at that because I feel like everything was said in that quote. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I want to go ahead and give a shout out to Joshua Alba for joining us today on this episode. Thank you for so many gems that you dropped on us. Mm -hmm. So much informational um, informational, so much information that you dropped um, on us, and I am truly appreciative of you coming on to Sofrito Speaks and blessing us with it. Ya tu sabe. <laughs> um, any other shout outs, Nina? Um, nah, I'm kind of wait. wait shout out to myself, shout out to myself because this Sunday is my birthday. I'm gonna be 31. <laughs> What's good? <laughs> I can't stand you, bro. Shout out to myself. Um, yeah, thank you guys for shouting me out. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah. <laughs> no, Let's yeah. Go shout ahead out to and close. You. Thank you for everything. I mean, like, thank you for having like alternative media for our people. I think you know, Lawrence has been needing this stuff. We've been needing our own news. We've been needing our own voices, our own perspectives. Like, I think what y'all doing is beautiful and necessary and critical for the resistance and. And culture. Yes. So, yeah. For Latinos, yes. by Latinos. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and close this out. Everybody say your last goodbye. No vemos. <laughs> My name is Rosales, and I'm blasting off. And I'm Nina Montañez. Stay blessed, mi gente. Okay. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Sofrito Speaks. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Sofrito Speaks to keep up with all of our latest content.